Hello and welcome to Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we are going to dive into the book of Revelation. Uh, you know, Revelation is probably the most controversial book in the Bible. Uh, now, they're even to the point where there are different churches and different different pastors who will not teach on the book of Revelation. Now, why is that? Well, my idea is that um, there people are either reading too much into the book or too little into the book. It comes down to those of us with finite brains trying to understand an infinite God. How does that work? My phone is ringing. Is it is it recording? Looks like it's recording. Okay, well, that's pretty good. You know, we recorded this with my phone, and I just got a phone call coming in. So hopefully you're getting this. I don't know. But back to it. Uh, again, the book of Revelation being a bit on a controversial side. Again, I believe it's people either reading too much or too little into it. So that's why I'm going to do my best to keep this as as simple as possible, because I am a simple man. Okay. Uh, Revelation in the Greek is, uh, now I wrote it down so I could pronounce it right, but I won't. It's uh, apocalites, yeah, apocalites is where we get the word apocalypse from, which means revealing. Obviously, revelation, revealing. Uh, it was written on the Isle of Patmos when John uh, was there. Remember, John had been boiled in oil and it didn't take. So they ended up, he ended up being uh, uh, exiled to the Isle of Patmos and he was breaking rocks in the hot sun and Unlike the Bobby Fuller Ford, wasn't because he fought the law, it's because he preached Jesus. Uh, emperor Domitian, who was the Roman emperor at the time, didn't much care for Christians, and so there's a lot of persecution going on then. Figure about 95 A.D. Uh, that's what we're looking into going into tonight, so... Please join me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time we get to spend in your word. We really pray tonight that you open our hearts and our minds to your word. As again, this is a, uh, a teaching that's uh, interesting. So with that, Lord, uh, keep me out of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, again, uh, this first chapter, we'll... We'll learn during this first chapter really what the key is to studying the book of Revelation. So bear with me. Here it is. Verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John, the seven churches which are in 
Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who is who loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood, and who has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed in a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white as wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass as refined in the furnace, and his voice was as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things down which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. Well, that's a mouthful already, isn't it? Okay, so once again, we're trying not to read too much or too little into this. We're trying to go uh, along uh, in a, again, a simple manner. So, Verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And not only was he the one that was revealing this, he is the one that's being revealed in this book, which God gave him to show his servants. Okay, that's us. That's those of us 
all of us who are believers, things which much shortly take place. Now, the Greek word for this is entaki, which means quickly or suddenly coming to pass. Okay, it doesn't mean that's going to take place tomorrow. You know, that's the problem that a lot of people have with the book of the Revelation or other books of the Bible. Another explanation on that is that God's not slow in what he does. He just doesn't want anybody to be sent off to Hades. Okay, He wants everybody to be saved. And as he is the one who invented time, he works outside of time. So that's a little bit to do with this, and a lot of it is to do with this, is these things are going to happen quickly. When they happen, there's not going to be any messing around. Okay? When when Jesus comes back, there's no messing around. And it's not like anybody's not going to know what's happening. It's not going to be broadcast on the news. It won't need to be. Everybody will know. Okay. And he sent and signified it by his angels to his servant John. He signified these things that need to write down. Who bore witness to the word of God. This is God's word. Again, this is not the word of man, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, all things that he saw, that John saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. First of all, I want you to hear that. Who reads, blessed is he who reads and hears the words of this prophecy. It doesn't say, blessed is he who reads and hears and understands the words of this prophecy, okay? We do our best to understand it. Again, there's there's a lot that goes on in here. And it says, blessed is he who does these things. Okay, if we neglect the book of Revelation, what we do is we miss out on a blessing. Okay, so blessed is he who reads and hears the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it, things that, that, that can change our, our lives. Okay, that are written in it for the time is near. Again, remember, God works outside of restraints of time. He invented it. Okay, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, which right now is modern-day Turkey. Most everything, matter of fact, most of the time I talk about stuff like Ephesus and all these, most of these places are in modern-day Turkey. I like this. Grace and peace, the usual greeting. Again, the Christian greeting of grace and the Jewish greeting of peace. From him who is and was and is to come, eternal, all the time, is, was, and will be. Okay, from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, both the seven churches and the seven spirits signify completion or perfection. That's When you talk about things that are sevens in the Bible, that's what it's signifying, is completion or perfection. There you remember, God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. That's completion. Okay who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, which means 
the one who is resurrected. That's what we base our entire faith on, is that not only was Jesus crucified, but he was resurrected. So he won that victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. Okay, so he's the firstborn from the dead. Uh, Rabbis would also refer to uh, firstborn as being a messianic term. Okay, so this is really referring to Jesus. And the ruler over the kings of the earth, kings of kings and lord of lords. To him who loved us and washes from our sins in his own blood. I put down here, to him who loved us so much that he washes from his sin, from our sins with his own blood and made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. What does dominion mean? Well, dominion means that he rules over us forever and ever. And when we recognize that, when we submit to his lordship over us, it takes out a whole bunch of responsibility. Isn't I, I think most hot rodders are a bit like me, where responsibility is not necessarily something we really want. Yeah, of course, growing up, oh, I can't wait to grow up. I can't wait to be boss. Then when you're boss, you think, I really, <laughs> I want to be back. I want to be a little kid goofing off in, in summertime again. Okay. But that's it. We, we surrender to Jesus. We surrender to his dominion over us. Okay. It says forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7 goes on to say, Behold, he is coming with clouds. Now this is verse 7. We're going to look at quite a few uh, other scriptures, so be ready. Uh, first of all, coming with clouds. Matthew 24, 42 through 44, where it says, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. Remember that. We do not know the get everybody who's going to predict when Jesus is coming back. What does it say? Watch therefore, for you do not the know the hour the Lord is coming. But know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you will be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. So what are, what are we supposed to do? Well, it's like the master. If you had some idea, you need to be watchful. Be prepared. That's that's a key. Back to Back to this with the book of Revelation. All 66 books of the Bible point to Jesus. Revelation is nothing different. All 66 books point to the, to Jesus. And what do we, what does that mean? Is it all comes down to what do we do with Jesus? Pam and I and I were talking about that this week. Cause again, this, this can be a tough teaching with all the different uh, references in it. Okay. Gee whiz. What it comes down to is what do you do with Jesus? Whether you accept him or you don't. It's bottom line. Depends upon where you're going to spend eternity. Okay, behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. Zechariah 12, verse 10 
says, And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, then they will look on me whom they pierce. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Even those who sent Jesus to the cross will see him. Hmm. Okay. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Back to Matthew. This is Matthew 24, verse 30. Back into Matthew 24, where it says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Again, nobody's going to miss out on it. Anybody who's breathing, you're going to see it. Well, and also those are going to be raised from the dead too. Nobody's going to miss out on this. Okay. Even so, it finishes up. Amen. Verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. As it says here, the beginning and the end. We had a, we had a customer at Ed Martin Garage when I was younger. His name was Omega Heart. And so my dad said he must have been the last of his line. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. It says the Lord who is and was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is a reoccurring theme throughout the book of Revelation. Who is, who was, and who is to come. Be ready. Okay, now, verse 9. I, John... Oh, yeah, good. I saw that I haven't looked at any of my notes yet, and I haven't passed them up. I'm coming to them. Okay. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island called Patmos. Barnes describes Patmos as lonely, desolate, barren, uninhabited, seldom visited, and had all the requisites which would be desired for a place of punishment. And banishment to that place would accomplish all that a persecutor could wish in silencing the apostle without putting him to death. Yet this exile didn't silence the apostle John. How about that? And why was he there? Here it is. For the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. The New Living Translation puts it this way, for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. That's why he was on the Isle of Patmos. Okay, verse 10. I was in the spirit, not in the flesh, on the Lord's day. That's on Sunday. Now, I know Sabbath is on Saturday. Sabbath rest can be taken any day. We, you can look at them. I think it's in Romans 13. You can discuss that. The reason why they call it the Lord's day, that's the day he was resurrected. And you got to realize that when most of the people of the way, which is what they were called prior to Christians, okay, uh, they were meeting still in the synagogue. But what was going on in the synagogue? 
on on Saturday. Well, that was the Sabbath, and that was going on the different things that were going, all the different traditions that were going on there. They continued to meet in the synagogue, but on Sunday. Okay, so it was in the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, here it is again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book, this is what we got, Revelation, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Okay, here's a note on that. Some suggest that it was because they're arranged in roughly a circular pattern. Others think it was because these were postal districts of the Roman province in Asia. Many believe the seven churches were chosen because in the Bible, the number seven offer, represents completeness. And these letters and all the book of Revelation are written to com the complete church, not just these seven churches. It's to, who's, what's the church? People. It's not a building. It's believers. Okay. Complete church, not just these seven churches. Jo Joseph Seiss writes, the church of all time, pardon me, the churches of all time are comprehended in seven and quotes many modern and ancient commentators that agree with this perspective. So this is the guy that I found in my uh, searchings of the different uh, commentaries that this makes sense. Okay, now, verse 12. Then I turned to see a voice that had spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, this is not a menorah. Okay, this is seven separate lampstands, golden lampstands that a lamp, you know, oil lamp like you look on I Dream a Genie where, you know, you would rub the lamp, that kind of deal. Okay, that's what they had. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. Not just a golden band, not just a band that was inlaid with golden threads like uh, the high priest's mentioned in Exodus chapter 39, okay? His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. Again, uh, indicating purity. This is also uh, describing, as uh, related, the Ancient of Days in the book of Daniel, okay? And his eyes were like flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. Think of a of a uh, waterfall, or think of the roaring of an ocean. Uh, to me, the roaring of an ocean is something that is very soothing. So not only uh, being overwhelmed by his voice, but also being soothed by his voice. Verse 16, and it and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Now, this is something that really, what in the world are we talking about here? Well, what it's doing, what that indicates, is the word of God. Okay, Ephesians 6, verse 17 says, and this is talking about putting on the full armor of God. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So this double-edged sword coming out of the mouth is indicating the word of God. Okay, And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So, okay, here, here is Jesus, and what he's doing, he's... He's got seven lampstands. It doesn't say anything about seven lamps on it, but he is the light. Remember, Jesus is the light of the world. And this is what John is experiencing. Okay, again, in the spirit, not in the flesh. Okay. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Well, I guess I probably would be doing the same thing. One of those kind of deals where... More than likely, you were scared witless to, to, to witness something like this. But he laid his right hand on me and said to me, do not be afraid. Boy, would that ever be soothing, huh? Would that, you know, that's the touch of someone. Think, think as if, if you're a little kid and you're really upset and your mom or your dad lays their hand on your shoulder or something and telling you it'll be okay. Well, this is the same kind of thing. And he says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, Alpha and Omega. So a lot of reoccurring themes going on here. Okay. I am he who lives, who is dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Again, who was and is and is to come. Now here... And it says, and it says, and I will live forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Okay. There it is. He has a control over death and the power of Satan. Verse 19. Now, this is one, if you don't get anything else out of tonight's study, if you're looking into studying the book of Revelation, this is key to studying the book of Revelation. Write the things down which you have seen, the things which are, and the things will that which will take place after this. Okay, throughout this book, this is the way it's laid out. Things that were, things that are taking, that are, are, and things that are going to take place. If you kind of break it up in that, it's easier to understand. Verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. Again, completion, perfection, and the seven lampstands, which you saw are the seven churches. Okay. So now we're finished up with chapter one. Again, uh, this is the revelation. I like how it starts off. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ. This is a revealing to John who is revealing to us. And through this, by studying, listening to this, we are blessed. Again, I'm not going to say that I know <laughs> that I can explain everything out of the book of Revelation, that I should be writing a book on this is what gospel truth is on the book of Revelation. There's been plenty, plenty of uh, commentaries written on the book of Revelation. Uh, I hope that I'm able to bring this all to you in a simple manner because it's a blessing. And it does come down to, as I said before, the uh, 
All 66 books of the Bible point towards Jesus Christ, which leads the question, what do you do with Jesus Christ? Now, I hope there are some of you out there who haven't made that decision yet. I hope there are some of you out there that are saying, gee, Willie, I don't know. This sometimes seems like a bunch of baloney. Well, I hope that maybe tonight this made you think some more about it. Okay, And I hope that watching these studies is helpful for you. Uh, it's real simple. Just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you're the Son of God, and you came down to, to pay the price for my sins. Please forgive my sins. You know, there's no... There is no special, uh, I had a guy ask me one time, now if he says this and laid out the sinner's prayer in this specific manner, does that mean he's saved? No. Doesn't believe it. You can say there is no, there is no magical incantation. The whole thing is, is giving your heart to Jesus, recognizing that you're a sinner, recognizing that he is Lord and giving your heart to him. And then guess what? All these neat things we're going to be studying in Revelation shouldn't be scary. You know, should help us to be prepared. Okay. Questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks? Oh, Jim's got a smile on his face, but he's not going to lay one on me, I can tell. Again, if you have any questions, I'll do my best to uh, to uh, answer all those questions. Oh, and by the way, Next week, we will be coming to you live via remote from Bauman's uh, Riverside Rod Shop in the mighty metropolis of Columbia Falls, Montana. Now, uh, that means that I need to get there. Well, I'm going to be driving solo in the trusty John Martin special. So I can sure use your prayers. <laughs> It's going to be an adventure. I'm really looking forward to it. But I always like having prayer coverage when I'm going off on an adventure. So if you would do that, that would be great. And with that, I'd like to close with a blessing. Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.